On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thursday, February 17th, Ian Cameron, uh, Andrew McGinnis uh, with you. Jimmy Murphy will be along momentarily as well. Alex B. Smith uh, under the weather a little bit. We'll see if he's able to join us uh, or not, but uh, a little under the weather. We'll see if he can make it. If not, uh, that's the way it is. We do have someone that made it today with us on the show. It's our special guest. Uh, we welcome in uh, Danny Ehrman. You can follow him on Twitter at dehrman 19 uh, he's joining us, former pro hockey player living in Minnesota right now, and he's helping us to break down the Thursday NHL betting card, and it is a huge card, 10 games uh, on tap, and we will get to them all. Uh, Danny, uh, welcome to the Ice Guys. Glad you could join us, and welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure here. You know, typical Chicago guy living in Minnesota's got the uh, the stomach flu, can't make the air today, so uh what was his name again? Alex B. Smith. Yeah, yeah, Alex B. Smith, Chicago. I live in Minnesota. Just can't cut it sometimes. But uh, here I am. Excited to be here. Can't wait to get going. <laughs> Uh-oh. Alex getting called out here. That's not a good thing. Uh, look out. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, Alex. Look out. Uh, Danny, just talk a little bit about, you know, you playing uh, pro hockey for many years. I know the Minnesota Wild. Uh, you were part of that uh, organization for a little bit. Many years ago, uh, different leagues or uh, pro leagues, of course, during your time. So talk a little bit about your hockey playing background from years ago. Yeah, no. So I uh, from Fargo, North Dakota, originally uh, went to the University of Minnesota, played three years there. I was drafted by the Minnesota Wild. Um, I spent four years in the minors in the AHL down in Houston. Uh, I got two games with the Wild throughout those four four uh, years. A little bittersweet. I got my games. Wish I would have had more, but. Uh, it's kind of the way the cookie crumbles and you move on. Um, and then I spent seven years over in Europe playing pro hockey. Uh, one year in Italy, two in Austria, two in Switzerland, and I ended in Germany. So I had quite a run. I've been uh, retired for four or five years now, and I'm doing the real world uh, medical sales and loving every day of it and try to watch as much hockey as I can on the side. I, I, I got to ask you, Danny, there's a couple of things I wanted to run to run by you, but um, just non-betting related, the, I just wanted to ask you kind of the differences between North American hockey and, and playing over in Europe. I've got a, a buddy right now. Um, he he went undrafted. Uh, he's had some camps and stuff like that with the Senators and the Sabres. He's now playing over, um, I believe, in Denmark, and then he played in Slovakia at one point. What did, what did you notice the biggest difference was in kind of the European style versus the American style that we probably wouldn't hear about? Yeah, it's uh, it's good hockey. Um, you know, one of my friends that played, you know, 10 plus years in the NHL, when I went over there, he's European. He said, don't take any league lightly. Uh, and you can't. It's good hockey. Every every league's got XHL, XNHL. Um, they can skate. You know, they can skate. They move the puck. 
It's um, they don't dump the puck. It's not as system wise. It's more related to me as college. It's run and gun and it's make plays and and there is systems, but um, that's the way I, I would kind of describe it. Italy. I always tell people Italy was my first uh, country I played in, and there's no checking in Italy unless you get checked from behind. So it's uh, <laughs> a lot of hits from behind in Italy, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a fast paced game. Ice is bigger, but man, there's some skilled players over there. From a betting standpoint, I always say to people that, you know, it's a 100% fact that players get up for some games more than others. I think that a lot of people would speak to, you know, whether it's a big game, a rivalry or different. I mean, there's an 82 game slate in the NHL. Obviously, some games are going to have more of an importance. But like, what kind of stuff would you say from a gambling perspective um, from just your time playing that you might know that some of us that haven't played would know? hundred uh, percent. You know, there, there's long days. There's uh, there's games that you don't want to play that you're like, Oh man, I got to go out there and give my best effort, which you have to, mm-hmm. you got to find a way. Um, those rivalry games, hundred percent. You're always ready for those. They're marked on your calendar. Um, there's a guy you don't like on the other team that's marked on your calendar. <laughs> it, it, you know, maybe not so much a team rivalry, but a personal rivalry. Those are big games too. And you okay. want to have, have your best game going. And even if, you know, those games where you're not going, the minute someone pisses you off, like all of a sudden it, you're, the wire's crossed and you're ready to go and you're playing 10 times harder. So it's definitely cool. true. It is a long season and those big games do count more. That's a great yeah. point. And you can tell Andrew's an intrepid reporter. He knows how to ask good questions. He's done <laughs> some interviews in the past. You can tell. He knows how to ask the good questions. And there were a couple of good questions there, Andrew, for sure. And you're right about it. I've seen games where it's a big rivalry and there's not a whole lot going on with one team. For some reason, they're slow start. They're playing in their own zone. The other team's dictating the play. And then that team that's dictating the play, they go after one of the star players on that team. Mm. And, man, it wakes them up. And it's like, you know, you don't do that, you motherfuckers. We're going to get you. (laughs) Uh, And then all of a sudden they get going uh, and they wake up. And all of a sudden they get to their game a little bit more. I find that I've seen that in NHL games, certainly, where a team's starting slow, but then maybe they target one, you know, a top six forward on their team. And all of a sudden, that pisses them off and kind of wakes them up and gets them into the game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at, you know, as a Brad Marchand out of Boston, he's one of those guys that I played against him one year in the NHL and obviously didn't have the name back than he does now, but he's one of those guys, a coach will say, leave him alone, like keep him quiet, let him sleep. The minute that he gets going, he gets fired up. His game rises to another level. If you like his antics or not, but he's one of those guys that plays with that fire. You almost just want to leave him alone. Don't make him mad. And uh, hopefully he's not existing. He's such a good player. He's obviously always existent, but he gets fired up and gets his game goes up. So he grew up uh, just a few blocks up the road from where I grew up, uh, Danny. And it's funny because he played for the junior team in Halifax as well. And if you would have saw the way he played in juniors, you never would have thought that he would turn into the player he was. Like he was spearing people, like just running people, like just everything you could think of. And now you see him like scoring some of the goals he scores and stuff. And one funny thing I was going to say about Marshawn before you even brought his name up was you talked about getting up for games against certain players. I was at this charity event. Um, it was for sheltered youth and, and, and Marshawn and Crosby and Nate, they all do a great job of going a lot of charity in Halifax and stuff. And so somebody asked, all right, all right, Marshy, who's your least favorite player to play against? And it was the most left field answer ever. He said, honestly, I don't like to use the word hate, but I hate Thomas Placanitz. And it just threw us all. Everybody was like, where did that come from? We did not see I that I remember coming, some but... of those battles with the two of them. Yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah. It's yeah. just like those hidden rivalries that we might not even know about that, yeah. that exist. Yeah, for sure. 
No, that's great. And Marshawn had to de- Marshawn was not an instantaneous when he first started playing in the NHL, an offensive dynamo or juggernaut, you know, like he's uh, obviously become here in the NHL. That came in time. That that developed with time for him to become kind of that offensive, uh, you know, dominant player that he's really been the last uh, several years in the NHL. But credit to him, it was all working hard and improving at that end, at that part of his game. And he definitely has been able to uh, do that. Uh, before we get into the Thursday card, Danny, just and obviously now you place a few bets here and there. How did you get interested, at least in the betting standpoint of things? Yeah, you know, I, I so Minnesota, it's illegal here, so I don't do it too much. I got some friends in Iowa that uh, you know, make some phone calls on things that I like. But uh, for me, after hockey, I really didn't watch sports that much. I had young kids. I didn't have a lot going on. And and watching maybe a, maybe a mental break, too, after years of playing. Yeah, right? you know, and, you know, you throw – 25 bucks on a game you're just way more into it and you actually watch it way more and i uh kind of started doing that a little bit here and there and and uh i don't like to place you know if i do place a bet you know in iowa or whatever through friends i don't like to do it unless i'm watching the game for me it's more entertainment get in the game get the blood flowing a little bit um have some fun with it and then you know the more you do it the more you realize that you got to research what you're doing and you got to figure out what's actually going on because it's it's tough it's tough out there yeah, there's no doubt. Tell us about it because it's a it's a 24/7 365 endeavor. You know, you got to stay on top of injuries. You got to, you know, make sure you're analyzing what kind of scheduling situations teams are involved in. You got to make sure you're kind of at least aware of what line combinations are. Who's going up the lineup? Who's going down? Certainly if you're going to get player props. I always say the best player props are the ones where you take the player that's going up the lineup into a top six forward role. They're going to get more ice time, more minutes. Maybe they get power play time. They're going to play with better players on their line, better opportunity for them to maybe score a point or score a goal or have more shots on goal. You know, if you're going to look at player props, it's always important to know uh, the line combination, certainly. So there's just so much you got to keep track of, stay on top of each and every day. You're right. It is a full-time endeavor. You know, if you're going to bet hockey or any sport for that matter uh, every day. And with that in mind, we're going to, Try to bet this Thursday night card, and we've got a card to break down, so let's get to it. We will begin with one of the better matchups tonight, for sure. The Pittsburgh Penguins uh, taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got uh, Toronto here, minus 150 uh, home favorites uh, in this game. The total, six and a half across the board in this one. Some books still have six, so make sure you shop around uh, for the total, uh, depending on whether you like over or you like the under. Uh, in this game, uh, Toronto returns from their West Coast sojourn. Uh, they played Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle uh, out West. They uh, lost to the Canucks and the Flames. Of course, the Vancouver loss was basically the Thatcher Demko show. It was absolutely brilliant uh, in that game. The Leafs had uh, over 50 shots, uh, but he uh, stonewalled them, and the uh, Canucks got the 3-2 win there. Uh, they bounced back against Seattle with a 6-2 win. Uh, pretty much taking care of business against the Kraken. I think a lot of us on the show, we were on Leafs team totals. We were on Leafs, you know, in regulation. Uh, A lot of different bets backing Toronto against Seattle. That prime get right spot, get well spot uh, after those two disappointing losses to Vancouver and Calgary. But now they return home off the road trip. What do you get from Pittsburgh? That was an emotional night. That was a Obviously, energetic night. It was a lot of emotion in the building. It was Sidney Crosby getting his 500th career goal uh, in the uh, victory against the Philadelphia Flyers, a victory that didn't look like it was going to happen at one point. In fact, there was a very noticeable lull uh, in their play after Crosby got his 500th goal. They were a little bit flat for a period of time. They trailed 4-2 to two, uh, in the third period. 
But then they made it 4-3, and it's like it woke them up again. And, and then Pittsburgh just dominated Philly, and Philly did what the Flyers do. Cough up a lead, break down defensively. I have no idea what's happened to Provorov this year. It's a shell of the guy we've seen uh, the last couple of years. That whole blue line has been disappointing. Uh, and they cough up the 4-2 lead. They end up losing in overtime on a crystal tang uh, overtime game-winning goal. Uh, so Pittsburgh, an emotional night. What do they have now in the tank coming back here in Toronto playing the Leafs? They've beaten the Leafs twice this year. They've done well head-to-head against Toronto. It's a tough game from a side perspective. I think the Leafs, you know, I don't want to lay minus 150 against Pittsburgh. It's not so much that, you know, Toronto can't win this game. It's that I don't want to necessarily lay minus 150 against Pittsburgh in the way they're playing right now. But, you know, I don't necessarily trust Pittsburgh in this spot off a very big you know, emotional type of night on the Crosby 500th goal night coming back to beat their rival, the Flyers. So I'm off the side in this game. I lean to the over slightly. It's six. Jack Campbell's going to be a net, by the way, for Toronto. We know he hasn't been as sharp lately. The over has cast you guys in eight straight starts for Jack Campbell, believe it or not. It is a weird stat. It's because they've been scoring goals in bunches, the Leafs. Their offense, Mitch Marner, is a shooting machine right now. Can't be stopped. Uh, Nylander's been good. Matthews keeps on doing his thing. They're getting depth scoring. They're getting contributions from all four lines, but their defensive play at times has been kind of up and down the Leafs, and Jack Campbell's kind of come back to earth after a hot start. So eight straight overs for Jack in Jack Campbell starts for the Leafs in his last eight starts. They've been trending over recently as well, just in general. So for that reason, I will lean to the over here at six, six and a half uh, in this game. Uh, let's go to Danny first, our special guest on this one. What do you think, Penguins and Leafs? Yeah, I like this game. I like the over too. It's uh, like you said, <clears throat> betting against the Penguins is tough. I, I try to stay away from superstars um, betting against them. Toronto's a wagon this year. I got, you know, they got a chance to get to the Stanley Cup if they can get rid of that playoff jinx. Um, I like the over. I think the Penguins are a veteran enough team where they know they might have got lucky in Philly and they didn't play their best. So I think Pittsburgh will come out with a better start, um, which makes me lean towards the over versus the Maple Leafs. Um, so I, I, I'm with you guys on the over here. If you can get that six, that'd be a pretty darn good place. And you can still get six at a couple spots. So make sure uh, you shop around for that. Uh, if you like the uh, total here uh, in this one, uh, no confirmation. The last I checked, at least with the uh, Pittsburgh, it's probably going to be Jari. I have no reason to doubt that it would, that it will, that it will be here. Uh, I think he'll be, yeah, it is now confirmed Jari for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And to be honest with you, if you look at Jari's numbers in the new year, 2022, he hasn't gone way down, but he's dropped just a little bit in terms of his level of play uh, here so far in 2022. Uh, Andrew, what do you think, Pittsburgh, Toronto? We don't know what he thinks because I think he's muted. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, good thing it's not probably a good thing I was muted because I was uh, taking some shots of the Leafs. But uh, you know, as a Habs fan, I'm always having my fun with them. But in all seriousness, I think that looking at this price, I don't really understand how we can have the Maple Leafs as upwards of minus 150 and still growing against this Pittsburgh Penguins team that's proven to have more consistency, better defense, and right now probably better goaltending as well. And not to mention, like Vito's talking about in the live YouTube chat right now, they're trying to avoid the season sweep. I mean, I just don't understand what Toronto has showed the odds makers against the Penguins here um, that gives them this price. If you look at the last three meetings between these two teams, Toronto has averaged 1.67 goals per game. I mean, there's there has to be something said about that. Um, but having said that, I'm on the exact same page as you guys. You know, I think that um, with Pittsburgh 
blowing uh, with having that lead or, um, uh, or blowing the lead and then coming back like the way they did against Philadelphia. Um, and a great point by you, Ian, about that 500th goal for Sid that we all seem to be on because I really do think they did look flat after that happened. Uh, but it's almost one of those things where I think that, um, and Danny could correct me if I'm wrong on this, but sometimes even after a win, you, you're not happy with the result, right? And, and you know, you get the win, the W's next to the score sheet, but they know they didn't play their best game. Um, so they're going to want to go out there and put forward a good effort too. And I think the same thing could go for the Maple Leafs. If we take a look, guys, at the games the Maple Leafs have played recently, who have they played of like really good competition that they've beat recently? They lost the Vancouver-Calgary uh you know pairing there everybody and their mother were on seattle against seattle so that's not really a tough one we all had the team total or the money line or the puck line but we saw them play the islanders ducks detroit the devils twice i mean this is kind of a back to reality game here against a really good team and i don't think they can keep it low scoring so yeah uh i'm on the over with you guys as well and hopefully we can find a six but the six and a halfs are definitely popping up here all right, liking the over as well, and a lean, it sounds like, for Andrew to Pittsburgh as well here uh, in this one. And uh, look, uh, you're right, there's a little sisters of the poor element there. You're right, with some of those uh, recent victories for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, they haven't exactly uh, played a, a great, uh, beaten uh, a lot of quality foes lately. There's no doubt. Here's another thing to keep in mind, too. You know, so I played for the Minnesota Gophers. Tons of Minnesota kids played college hockey. Growing up, they always wanted to play for the Gophers. So when they came into our building, we got their best game every single night. How many Canadian kids wanted to play for the Maple Leafs growing up? No. A ton. So you got you got the superstars coming from Pittsburgh. Why does Crosby always play well in Toronto? Your point Good exactly. Point, yeah. Exactly. So you're gonna get everyone's best game in Toronto nine times out of ten. Yeah. And it's not would, just would him. you say that against the smaller market teams, there might be like a little bit less motivation, like rolling into Arizona. Hundred like, percent. Ah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, I mean, they all grew up watching the Maple Leafs on TV. They, they love the Maple Leafs, and uh, you're going to get their best game nine times out of ten, I think, when they show up in Toronto. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you're right. There's a bunch of those Penguins players, and uh, Crosby is just one of many. You've seen them play well in Toronto, the Canadian-born players returning, and they want to put on a show. They want to play well. So, uh, And Crosby, I know, has really haunted the Leafs uh, in the past, especially over the years. So we'll see if he can uh, bring that magic. Again, he's riding the high of that 500th goal the other night. We'll see if he can uh, deliver another uh, big performance and maybe a Penguin victory tonight in that one. Uh, we'll move on to the next game now. Detroit Red Wings, New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 190, uh, home favorite, six the total, shaded to the under. Uh, the New York Rangers, we talked about maybe concerns early in their game against Boston on the Tuesday show, saying they had been off for two weeks, uh, a long layoff. And actually, we'll get Danny's thoughts on this premise in general. Teams on a one-week, two-week layoff. You know, is it tough to play in those kind of games? And, and certainly for the uh, Rangers early in that game, they didn't start well, but they did finish strong. And by the time the third period came around against Boston, you could see they got to their game. They were in the offensive zone. They were cycling the puck well. They had the Bruins hemmed in and they had their sea legs under them. By the time the third period uh, came around in that Boston game, it was their best period. They tied it up and they ended up winning uh, in a, a shootout two to one over the Bruins. Uh, Detroit coming off a 7-4 loss to uh, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is going to do that to a lot of teams, though, is score a lot of goals, especially at the XL uh, Energy Center. Uh, and they did that again on uh, Monday night. You know, Detroit's always capable of, you know, surprising a good team every now and then. They did upset Pittsburgh, you know, in a shootout before the uh, break. Uh, so you can never discount them. 
This is probably going to end up being a pass for me, uh, this game, from, from a betting standpoint. The under has been absolutely dominant in this series. Uh, 10 straight unders, uh, and 20 of the last 26 meetings have gone under the total uh, between the Red Wings and the Rangers. That's probably the way I would lean here. You know, we know they've got firepower, the Rangers, Criders, Abanajad. Uh, they, they've had great seasons for this Rangers team, no question. Uh, you know, they've got offense for sure. Their defensive game has been pretty solid, and obviously they've got an elite goaltender. Igor Shosturkin has certainly shown he's probably going to be the future in net for the uh, New York Rangers. He's definitely a Vesna Trophy candidate, I think, if the season ended today. So this game could actually slide under the total, but that's just a lean. Other than that, I'll be passing on this one. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here, Red Wings and Rangers? Yeah, I mean, there's such a big card today. There's so many different betting opportunities. This is one that um, definitely didn't really stick out to me right away. Um, but the New York Rangers, if we take a look at some of their recent games, like I always tell you, I mean, for me with handicap and I don't look towards a large scale, it's always recency. Um, and I really do like the way they've played defense. You know, they've played, um, that Florida Panthers team that we know is so talented and they only gave up two goals. I mean, they're really protecting their own end of the ice and, for you know, I remember a couple months ago, I was had a little rant to you and Alex and Jimmy talking about how maybe the the Rangers' defense is overrated because they rely on Shesterkin a lot. And it seems to me right now their defense has started to stay at home a little more, let the forwards do their job, and maybe that's because we're starting to see a lot more depth popping up with the Rangers, and it's not just the usual suspects um, getting involved. But I think I'd look towards the under in this game as well. I think we're going to see a good defensive game from both teams. And uh, Detroit actually has some sneaky good goaltending. I think that you put some of their goaltenders on a you know a better team, I guess, and a more experienced team, and we're talking about them a lot more. So I think this one could sneaky uh, could be a sneaky underplay. Yeah, Alex Nedeljkovic is a talented goalie. It's not going to look like it because of his numbers and who he's playing for, Detroit. And they've struggled defensively, but a lot of these games they've been bad at times in front of them especially the Minnesota game. You know, if you watch that on Monday night, they hung yep. that poor guy out to dry. It was a terrible defensive game in front of him. He's a talented goalie, but look, he's seeing the problem we kind of thought he might see. You're not playing with Carolina anymore. And that terrific blue line, whether it's Jacob Slavin anchoring it, uh, Brady Shea, D'Angelo's playing great. Brett Pesci's one of the more underrated defensemen in the league, in my opinion. You're not playing in front of that collective anymore. If you're Nadelkovich, you're playing in front of a much weaker team, much weaker blue line now in Detroit. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts here, Detroit, New York? Yeah, so I was looking at looking at this game, and I love the Rangers. Um, I looked at um, Detroit's rec schedule here, and in my opinion, they've only beaten two good teams since January 2nd, Pittsburgh and Anaheim, if Anaheim's who we think they are. Um, they beat uh, Philadelphia, who I think they're done. You, you know, Drew's all there. They're you won't get too many competitive games out of Philly, I think, moving forward. Um, and the Rangers, that you know, I think that they know they got lucky beating Boston. Um, so they got the win, but they know it wasn't where they killed Boston. They could have easily lost that game. I think I love the Rangers here. That minus 190 is scary. Um, but I don't think Detroit's very good. Only two wins, two, two good teams since January 2nd. Um, I'd be on the Rangers right here. All right, Rangers uh, minus 190. Or you can go for the regulation. Uh, on the Rangers, get a little bit of a better number. You can get them at minus 135 or so uh, as well in terms of uh, regulation price uh, if you prefer the uh, added value on that. All right, next up we've got, as we continue along, Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, the Capitals minus 180 uh, road favorites, the total six here uh, in this game. Um, 
man, I've been trying to shy away and shy away from backing Washington because I haven't liked what I've seen for the better part of the last couple weeks. But I got to give them some credit. They went into Nashville, and Nashville was a team that you would think was going to come out with something to prove. They had not won a game since the All-Star break, the Predators playing on home ice. And Washington just controlled the game. You know, and they shut it down. They finally stayed out of the box, which has been a bit of an issue for them. Uh, and they beat Nashville four to one uh, on the road. Another classic Alex Ovechkin goal uh, in that game. And of course, he got the empty netter as well. Uh, but right from his office, right from his workshop, whatever you want to call it, the face-off circle, one timer on the power play uh, to beat UC Saros uh, for the big goal that gave them a cushion in that game, three to one. Uh, and now they go to Philadelphia, and this is just a sieve defensively right now. There's nothing else to say about Philadelphia right now in terms of their ability to defend or lack thereof. It's been abysmal uh, what we've seen from the defensive end. Uh, they've got a goalie right now, too. And, of course, not only to make to make matters worse, their defense is struggling. Breakdowns, bad penalty killing, the works. Out of position constantly. There were two guys going into the corner to chase the Pittsburgh player on the tying goal the other night, leaving, uh, you know, I think it was Gensel all alone in front of the net, just cardinal sin of defending uh, in your own zone. And, and Philadelphia was victimized by that on the tying goal against Pittsburgh. Those are the kind of blunders they're making uh, in their own zone right now. A penalty kill is horrific. They've given up four power play goals, you guys, in the last three games, four. You know, that's just not good enough. And if they give the Capitals power plays, look out, because the Capitals now have a power play goal in uh, five of their last seven games. So the power play has been good for Washington. Again, they still miss Oshie and uh, Mantha. Both of those guys remain out for the Capitals, but I think they've still got enough offense in them to get past Philadelphia. There's a slew of bets that I'm interested in here because you got to think too, guys, the Flyers are crestfallen blowing that game. That was Sydney's big night. Not only did he get the 500th goal on us, but they came back and they won the damn game in overtime against us. That's a double whammy for the Flyers. It might be difficult for them to find their way back up off the mat following that kind of loss the other night. So I'm looking at Washington here, first period puck line at a nice plus price. Washington in regulation, which you can get definitely closer to uh, even money here around minus uh, 115, minus 120. I'm on Washington team total uh, over three and a half here. Uh, even money, and I'm on the full game over. So there's four bets on one game for me here. <laughs> and sometimes I do that. When I really like a game, I hone in on it, and I target it from different types of wagers. Team total over caps, first period puck line caps, regulation caps, and full game over. We, we I still don't trust Washington's goaltending, and I think the Flyers have scored at least two goals in seven straight games. So the Flyers are still finding their way to some offense. Or they're seven of their last eight. They've scored two goals or uh, at least in a game. And I think Washington... A bad penalty kill, a bad blue line, and our good friend in net, Martin Jones, who has been horrific. He's been absolutely awful uh, the last few starts uh, for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I think he's given up four goals uh, or more in like each of his last two or three starts. Uh, it definitely screams that there should be some goals tonight as well. So there you go. Caps puck line, uh, first period, Caps regulation, Caps team total over three and a half and the full game over for me. Uh, Danny, what do you think here? Caps and Flyers. You know the last time when Washington won two games in a row was? This, it's been a while. It's uh, December 6th. Yep. Um, I, I, I know that. That's scary. That is scary. Um, I like the over. Um, this could be a game where Philly comes out and plays good after uh, the meltdown against Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, so that Washington not winning two in a row. I know eventually they're going to win two in a row. 
Uh, maybe this is just to get their roll going. I, I like the over. If I had to place a bet on this, I think I'd go over. Um, just stick with that. Yeah, that that might be the safer play because you know you're right about that Washington stat. Stringing good games together has been a big time problem for them. But if look, if you're going to bank on them doing that finally one time, right? It's going to be a good game time. and another. It's got to be tonight. This horrific, just spiraling out of control, going off a cliff, Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers team. Uh, but we'll see if Washington can back it up and get it done. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I think we might have to get you a Capitals jersey in with all those wagers on the Capitals tonight. Uh, I'll be but burning you... all those jerseys if they lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think um, kind of to to what you, you said, Danny, about how like they might want to, you know, bounce back the Flyers after that kind of collapse. I kind of look at it as like they were like, you know, they could be like, damn, like we almost had it. And it was a good game for about 40 minutes and then they blew it. I mean, that's got to be a little bit demoralizing. That's the way I see it. Like, it's got to be like, I mean, I'm sure they want to bounce back. Everybody wants to bounce back, but it's got to be kind of gut wrenching to be like, we almost beat our rivals on the road after we're playing such bad hockey. And then we go ahead and blow that allow two goals in a span of a minute and lose the game in overtime. So, I mean, you said it earlier uh, about the flyers, they're a team that we want to fade and, the problem is, is the price here. I think I like the puck line. Um, that's that you mentioned though. I honestly didn't know that about the back to backs. So now you kind of got me live on the show, a little worried here. Um, but I think the capitals are due to, to get going. I mean, they've been the definition of inconsistent over the past 10 to 15 games. You look back to how they started the season in October. It's definitely been a lot different of hockey um, than they're playing right now. And you can't blame it on just a couple of players being out or a couple of COVID protocol stuff. So um, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm disappointed because that game against Nashville, um, I pretty much went back and forth the night before that game, whether I liked the over or whether I liked the Capitals as an underdog. And unfortunately, I went with the over there. The Capitals win, but the over doesn't hit for me. So um, I'm going to go ahead with the with the puck line play here. Or excuse me, actually, uh, the team total was minus 112 uh, is what I locked in. I think the puck line could be a good play uh, better than the minus 180. But um you know, based off, uh, you know, all the stuff from Philadelphia, and maybe they do bounce back and build on what they did against Pittsburgh. I like this kind of spot here for a team total because you don't have to worry about what the other team does. It's just, hey, I need my team to score four, and Philadelphia can do what they want to do. Yeah, and that is a theme, Danny, we've talked about a lot on this show, where the great thing about betting a team total is that you can totally forget about worrying about Philly you know, scoring or not scoring against Washington. You just bet on, hey, Washington can get four goals against a team that can't defend right now, and Martin Jones, who can't stop a beach ball uh, on some nights, and, and trust them to get four goals. Uh, and that's the beauty of the team told. Not have to sweat, say, a minus 180. It's always that decision. Yeah. Why lay minus 180 with money line Washington when you can take Washington team total over three and a half at around even money plus 105? You know, a much, much better price, much better option. Um, I forgot to ask Danny about this on the Ranger game. Your thoughts, you know, playing background on two-week layoffs or one-week layoffs, basically not playing in for that long a period of time, one week or two weeks. Is is it the negative that I think it is? Yeah, it, I had a coach that always said rest equals rust, and it does. That that first game's tough. It's There's no way you can get, get ready for it. You, you can't. Um, I'd rather take a team that's played – two or three games in a week versus the team that hasn't played in a week. They're just going to be more sharp. And I think the Rangers, that's why we saw what they looked like that first half of that game. And that's why I really like them today. I think that second game, they're going to be way more sharp and ready to go. Yep. 
There you go. Right there. He says it right there. One week, two week layoffs. They're worse than, say, a team that's on a back to back or third game in uh, four nights. All right. Ottawa, Buffalo. We've got Buffalo minus 125 home favorites, six the total. I was actually close to playing Buffalo uh, in this game. I like what I'm seeing from this group. They've got actually a top line that can't be stopped at the moment. Jeff Skinner uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, Uh, Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. Uh, The top line for the Buffalo Sabres has been magnificent. Uh, for them uh, of late. Tage Thompson's developing into one hell of a center uh, for Buffalo. I've been impressed with his game. Alex Tuck's given them a big shot of uh, uh, adrenaline and uh, and production uh, offensively. Uh, No question about that. Uh, That line's got it humming right now. Tuck's producing. Uh, Tage Thompson, especially at home. By the way, these guys for shots on goal props tonight, consider all three of them, especially Thompson. Thompson at home, and it was DJ Mitchell. We're going to have him on the show on Saturday that pointed this out, and he's a Sabre fan. This guy is a shooting machine at home for some reason, Thompson. He just shoots the puck a lot uh, when they play in Buffalo. Uh, five shots on goal the other night against the Islanders. He had four in a home game against Philly, four in a home game against Dallas, five in a home game against Detroit. So Tage Thompson shots on goal absolutely at home. So it's, it's a good bet. Uh, right now with what he's doing, centering that line with Tuck and Skinner uh, right now. Uh, Look at Tuck's numbers. He scored a goal three of the last four games. He's got uh, seven points in the last four games. Thompson has five point, four points in the last three games, goals in back-to-back games. And Jeff Skinner, the four-goal performance against Montreal with five points in that game, and he has six points in the last three games. So Buffalo's got that top-line cooking uh, right now. And they might cook tonight because Ottawa – Without Thomas Shabbat, they're weaker defensively. We saw that hands down against St. Louis. Couldn't stop the Blues. Blues got five goals there. They're much weaker on the blue line. Plus, of course, they've still got Drake Batherson and Josh Norris out up front as well. So this is a shorthanded Ottawa group uh, right now. And Matt Murray out. He left the game against St. Louis due to injury. Uh, Anton Forsberg is not available due to an illness tonight under the weather. So they've got to call up and likely start. Hasn't been confirmed, but I would expect Philip Gustafson called up from the AHL to start tonight. I think this screams Buffalo's got a good chance to win, but I'm going to go Sabres team total uh, in this one. Uh, over three and a half, another good number at a plus price. Sprinkle it as well. Split it with the full game over as well in this game. Six in this one, because the one thing about Buffalo, they can still give up goals, and I'm not totally sold on Craig Anderson in between the pipes for them. I think Ottawa still, even with some of the absences, we've seen Connor Brown, we've seen Timmy Stutzla step up. They've still got guys that can put the puck in. So I think the full game overall bet, but I think I like the Sabres team total even more uh, at three and a half here. I think they've got a good chance to get four goals. I like the way they're coming along offensively. They're scoring right now. Uh, That definitely can't be denied. Uh, Danny, we'll go to you on this one. Ottawa, Buffalo. Here you go again with my... uh... My uh, little themes going on with teams. Buffalo has not won three games in a row all year long. Scares me. Um, you know, the kid gets called up from the AHL. That's why I bet the team total, not the money line. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, whenever a goalie gets called up from the minors to expect to see Ottawa's best performance to give him a good chance to win. It's just human nature. Um, I didn't know all the guys were out. That scares me. I was on, on Ottawa before you were naming everybody out. Um, I mean, the Sabres favorite. I don't know. They haven't won three all year long. I would stay away from this. You know, three and a half goals by Buffalo. I like that that bet by you. Um, but again, they have not won three games all year long. I know it can happen, should happen, but I like to look at um, what's the word? Not themes, but um, um, 
sequences of things that happen and why they happen and and uh the odds so i would stay away from this one but don't mind uh buffalo over three and a half yeah exactly we can get an ottawa win and uh maybe five four uh, and i'll still be happy because the game will go over the total and buffalo team total over cash because those are the two bets for me full game over buffalo team total over i don't give two shits if buffalo wins the game to be quite honest with you uh not one bit uh so that's what I'm hoping for here tonight. And Ottawa's still feisty, and you're right about and that's another that's another reason why I'm not on the Sabres money line. They are favored here, and that's been rarefied air this year for the Buffalo Sabres being a favorite. You got got to lay a price with the Buffalo Sabres. That's not an easy thing to wrap your head around. I I, I totally get that. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here, Senators Sabres? Ah, man, you're muted again. What's <laughs> the matter today? You never have yourself muted. Sorry, I, I never do that. Just want to, I, I, I'm laughing. I get a kick out of you guys or I'm smiling or doing whatever, taking a drink. I don't want to make any noise. But anyway, um, look, I, I always uh, joke around with you, Ian, and, and would would say that uh, in college with intramurals or back when I played high school sports, we used to call this game the toilet bowl, uh, the two crappy teams in the bottom of the league. But guess what? You always get up for these games because you don't want to be the worst. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be that it, you guys already know you're kind of at the bottom of the league-ish, so you don't want to be that bottom of the bottom. Um, the fact of the matter is, though, the Sabres, minus 125, like you said, is that something we want to talk about? Um, and then you talk about the the stat you just mentioned, Danny, with the three straight games. Um, hearing that just be said out loud <laughs> is something that I don't really want to look towards either. And the funny thing is, with the Buffalo Sabres are a team that, I think we'd all agree that they're, they're a team you want to bet on as an underdog. I mean, they were plus 170 against the New York Islanders, and they won by three goals. They were minus 115 against the Montreal Canadiens. And now they're a bigger favorite today than they were against the Montreal Canadiens. You know, even without some key guys for Ottawa, I think Ottawa gives them a better puncher's chance here. Um, but rallying around the younger goaltender, I think that we'll see even a bounce-back performance from Anderson I actually think this one's a sneaky under. I think we'll see a lower scoring game in this one. Um, so I hope you get your team total, Ian. But uh, I think under six is the play here. All right. Like in the uh, under last, here. They might... Last time they played two, Ottawa won five nothing. So I know yeah. they're missing guys, but. Yeah, wow. Ottawa has done well against uh, Buffalo, I think, in recent uh, meetings. There's no question. And you're right. There's that, there is that element. Danny pointed it out. They rally around Gustafson. He's going to get the start. Dig in defensively. Just give him give him an easier night, right? Make him make sure he sees the shot. Make sure you clear out the rebounds in front of the net. Make sure you clear out traffic and the opposing defenseman in front of the net. Give this guy a puncher's chance to have a good night and a good performance and maybe a win. So you could see that. You could John also actually, argue that that Buffalo's got some confidence right now playing against back to back teams that are just struggling. My Canadians yeah. plus the Islanders that couldn't score on us in net. I mean. I don't know. I think that they've got some confidence. Now they play an Ottawa team a little bit beat up. Um, yeah. You know, we always talk about strength of schedule and, and you know, whether if you're feeling too good about yourselves coming into a game, I think that the Islanders aren't who we thought they were. I've officially, no, you know, dropped much them. worse defensively too, than they've been mm -hmm. in years past. Like Buffalo was doing a tap dance all over them in that game. The other yeah. night. they hung a six spot. Well, two of them were empty net, but still they got four goals against a, uh, that's Buffalo doing that. So that how much Islanders credit do we team. give Buffalo for those six goals though? Because the Islanders just aren't who I thought they were going to be this year. Um, so I don't know how impressed I can be off that. So I think that they, they'll get a little more shut down against Ottawa. 
And John, Johnny X, my bad. They did start three and all, but since then they haven't. I know. He's be, be nice to our special guest. Sorry, John. <laughs> don't be calling them out way back. He's cross referencing. Yeah, I didn't. Well, the season didn't start for everybody yeah. till then, so everyone else yeah. is sleeping, Johnny. But he, you are right, John X. You are accurate. You know, you're, you, it's, yeah. it is correct. This is what we deal with, Danny. And we say yeah. one wrong fact, man. They're on yeah. us. They're on yeah. us. Yeah. These guys know their hockey in our chat, the viewers and listeners of this show, but that's yeah. why we love them. Uh, but yeah, they did start the season three and zero. But that's the only time they yep. won three in a row uh, this year. So just get a correction on that. All right, St. Louis, Montreal. We got the Blues minus two seventy road favorites. Total six. Uh, this is you know Tommy totals, Tommy team totals. That's the nickname I uh, I usually use for when I'm on a certain theme for a certain card. That's me tonight. Ian team totals. This is another one for me with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, we're going to team totalsville uh, here. Uh, over three and a half on St. Louis. You got to lay a number here about minus 145, minus 150, but they should get to four goals. This team is definitely feeling good offensively. Uh, Jay uh, Con was on our show Saturday. Uh, he said it. I've said it a bunch of times. This is the deepest Blues team offensively we've seen in years. Like they can really come after you in waves with what they can throw out there on the ice. Craig Berube can mix and match his top three lines and still get production because. Shan O'Reilly and Kairou, Kairou on the top line, they can score. Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko on the second line, they can score. Saad Barbashev, close shave Barbashev, and David Perron uh, on that third line, they can find some offense for you uh, as well. Um, and they're all capable of lighting the lamp. So this is a nine-deep forward group for the St. Louis Blues, and they are definitely showing it. Uh, their power play is second in the league. Uh, that would surprise a lot of people, but they are a tough team to stop. And look, for Marty San Luis, it's going to take time, you know, and they're going to be patient with him. Remember, this is a new gig for him. He's never coached at the pro level before. I think they're going to give him some time. They know the situation is pretty bleak. It's a team that has been decimated this year. Uh, you know, goaltending that you're down to third and fourth string goalies that probably aren't NHL ready right now, Montembo and Primo. I mean, that is it is what it is right now, and they're going to let them work through it, but they gave up a five spot to Buffalo, five to Washington. They did play one solid defensive game against Columbus, lost two to one. Other than that, though, they've had their tough time shutting teams down. Uh, this is probably over the full game, I would lean, because Montreal could chip in, although it may be difficult. Huso's been great, and Billy Huso has been confirmed as the goalie tonight for St. Louis. I feel more comfortable with the Blues team total here tonight, uh, over three and a half in this one. Andrew, Blues and Canadians. The mic is on. It is not muted. I am wash, rinse, repeat with the over six in Montreal Canadian games. One thing that's been bad uh, about uh, taking these is the chances are it's because my Montreal Canadians are getting blown out in all of these. The good news is I've been taking advantage of these games at least. Uh, if my Habs are going to lose, I want to make some money off it. And I've been playing overs with this team. They're giving up goals left and right. Uh, unfortunately, Martin St. Louis isn't going to come in uh, and, and play goaltender and, and play forward for this team either. So um, I don't think much is going to change, especially when this dangerous high-powered offense comes to town. Honestly, guys, I think that if we're talking from a strict value standpoint, looking at St. Louis to win the West or even win the Stanley Cup right now, the odds are just bigger than they should be, I guess I would say. So, um, you know, I'm not saying they're shooing for, for a huge run or anything like that, but if we're talking from a strict value standpoint right now, um, there's no point in betting on a team like Colorado. You kind of lost some value on that. You might as well just bet them on the series or uh, to win their games. But St. Louis has impressed me, the depth that that team has. And if they can figure out a consistent goaltender 
and uh, kind of announce what who the number one is going to be and stuff, I think that they're a dangerous, dangerous team, especially with that great power play they have. So I'm on the over six in this game. I think that uh, the youth for Montreal will show up a little bit. They've pretty much announced the rebuild. Um, Nick Suzuki, he gave a pretty uh, – and he's pretty good with the media usually, but he pretty much just said, like, yeah, uh, losing to Foley has pretty much told us this is the rebuild. Uh, and it's not going to be a long rebuild, really. They've got great prospects and still some great players. But I feel like once that's announced, there might be some pressure off these guys. And it's just like, what is there to lose? I mean, there's been nothing really to lose for the past couple of weeks for these guys right now. But this should be a sloppy hockey game with plenty of goals. I really like the over six here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'll have a smaller play over six as well. Because I've been, you know, I've been riding Montreal overs yeah. every game. I mean, I had it in the Buffalo game on Super Bowl Sunday, many of them before that. The only concern that I have with the full game over is what will Montreal do against a red-hot goalie in Ville Husso tonight? That's the only little fly in the ointment I have because he's been great. But maybe on home ice they can chip in. Maybe you get St. Louis a little lethargic defensively too. They're playing lowly Montreal. Uh, and Maybe that can allow the Canadians to chip in. Uh, Danny, uh, what are your thoughts on this one, St. Louis, Montreal? Um, St. Louis's last five games, they got three wins. All three wins were by three or more goals. Um, if you can get that puck line to two and a half, go for it. <laughs> See what happens. Um, I do love the over here. Uh, Martin St. Louis came in and, and, you know, from what I heard, he made the comments that uh, he's going to let the guys go. He's going to let them play. Um, and that tells me more goals against more goals for. So I, I like that. Pay attention to the Montreal Canadiens. I don't, I'm not that market up there, but they start calling up guys from the, from the AHL. You start trying to hammer them. Those guys come up and they are going to be busting their balls. And they'll get some sneaky wins here and there. They're trying to make the team next year. They're trying to prove themselves. Um, so when that starts to happen in the rebuild, um, you'll get some sneaky wins out of them. But I like the over here. The Blues, they've been winning by three or four goals. So move that puck line as far as you can and see what happens. <laughs> I want to just real quick, Ian, I, I wanted to mention because I had a friend uh, that was saying the exact same thing I was uh, telling Ian the other day, Danny, about a friend of mine that's just a huge basketball fan, doesn't, doesn't bet any hockey. And I told him about – He's like, man, your Canadians suck this year. I'm like, yeah, but if you bet the over, you'll enjoy the games. So he started just doing it on nights when even I wasn't doing it. And then to your point, which is something that I never do, and people kind of think it's kind of funny in a stretch if you bet these alternative spreads. I'm pulling it up right now. But if you can you can look at some of these spreads, uh, the alternative numbers, the minus two and a half is plus 170 for the yeah. Blues. And like some that. of the games the Montreal has lost, if you did, if you took that alternative puck line against the Sabres, the Sabres win 5-3. Against the Capitals, 5-2. Devils, Canadians lost 7-1. Blue Jackets again, 6-3. Edmonton, 7-2. It's not like this team is losing that many goals by one or two goals. Right. <laughs> Where When they lose games, they're getting blown out. And, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, something to look at. And by the way, that's Danny puck line, not Jimmy. Uh, this Danny puck line with this one, Jimmy Murphy bets a lot of puck lines when he joins us on the show, uh, okay. Danny. So we call him Jimmy puck line. I actually well, think he gave himself that name, uh, like Jimmy it. puck line, so <laughs> Danny puck line here, Danny alternative puck line, minus two and a half plus one sixty plus one sixty five minus one and a half on St. Louis is just minus one fifteen. So you definitely get a better bang for your buck. Going MDR two, four says blues minus three and a half plus four twenty five. <laughs> why not yeah, take it that, that one's stretching it a bit because i think the the parameters are they've won by at least three or more uh in recent games in every win but uh 
if you want to take that shot at plus 425, they can win by four or more, you know, go for it. Uh, yeah. It's definitely potential. Uh, we'll see how it goes there. All right, Boston Bruins, New York Islanders, even money, minus 110 both sides, five and a half the total uh, in this one. So initially, this was a pass for me. I was not interested in this game one bit. Then I started thinking about it more, and I looked at these numbers for the Islanders. They not only lost to the Sabres the other night, they deserved to lose. Buffalo was by far the better squad that night, and it wasn't even close, really. They were the much better team. They dominated the game. They carried the play, and that's the Buffalo Sabres doing that to the New York Islanders. Uh, I look at this as a situation where this team is almost a rudderless ship at this point. They've had some disastrous losses that you can't have if you're trying to get back into the playoff picture, like losing to Buffalo the other night, like losing to Seattle and getting shut out 3 nothing right before the All-Star break. And then you look at the Bruins situation. Yeah, they've been struggling, but they gave the Rangers a battle. They, they couldn't score a lot the last few games. It's been hard for them to score goals, but they get the captain, the heartbeat of the team, one of the heartbeats of the team back tonight. Patrice Bergeron uh, is coming back for the Bruins. I think this is the spot for Boston to step up and win against a just an absolutely flatlining New York Islanders team. So I went from off the game to making a case for Boston here, uh, minus 110 at even money in this one. And great timing, our Bruins man, <laughs> reporting on the Bruins, of course, year-round, Jimmy Murphy, uh, joining us here on the Ice Guys. Jimmy, welcome in. Am I crazy? I think this is a Boston spot. Are you ag in agreement? I am. I am. I definitely like this. And anytime you get Patrice Bergeron back in the lineup, that's going to – give you a jolt for sure and, and kind of help things fall back into place. Obviously still no Brad Marchand as he appeals his suspension. Um, but look, I think they have a good chance to carry over what they were doing against the Rangers. And let's, let's face it guys. I mean, that was anyone's game for the taking there. I, I thought the Bruins were just as good as the Rangers there. And it just came down to one more save uh, for, you know, for the Rangers to make. And, I, I think the Bruins can definitely build off that. They've they've played much better and soundly defensively since getting shellacked by Carolina last week, a week ago tonight. So I think there's a great spot for them. And the Islanders, man, like you said, they are spiraling right now. And very interested to see when they put the for sale sign up as far as the NHL trade market goes. I don't know if Lou Lamorello is really willing to do that because he's very stubborn. But same time, he's got to start thinking of the future because this team has no future in this season. Yeah, it's a, what tweaks does he make? I mean, you're right. This has been a team that's been to the conference finals a couple of years in a row, and you're seeing this disappointing season likely not going to be playoff bound. What do you do? And you're right. You said it on our BetCast on Tuesday night, Jimmy. This guy, you got to basically twist his arm to sell off and, and yeah. you know give up on a season. That's not the Lou Lamorello way. He's in it to win it every single year. He fights to the right to the death, to the end, to keep the, the playoff hopes or the championship hopes alive. You know, it's not easy for him to ever make that decision. He never has made that decision to sell and really blow something up, even with the Devils all those years, the Leafs even. He was always trying to compete and contend. Same with the Islanders. So very interesting times right now with what the management and Lou, uh, sweet Lou of the New York Islanders, uh, decides to do. Uh, Danny, uh, what are your thoughts here, Bruins Islanders? Yeah, love Boston here. Love it at minus 110. Um, Islanders are 18 points back. That, that mountain's getting too tall to climb. They're going to give their best effort with Lou, you know, Lou looking from uh, the press box. But I watched that Boston Rangers game. The Rangers are a very good team. Uh, Boston, I thought I'll play them most of the game. Um, they deserved, you know, like like Jimmy said, one shot. Uh, but I love Boston here. I really do. Yeah, let's not What's forget up, some Danny? of the – Nice to meet you there. Nice to meet you. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Dan, Danny's done a great job, hell of a job as his first uh, time as a special guest here on our show. Absolutely. When did you play with, I was listening earlier, guys, as I was finishing up a story. When, when did you play with the Gophers? Uh, I was with the Gophers uh, 04, 05, and 06. So I came in uh, after the back-to-back national titles. Oh, okay. So so Kessel was gone by then, or was he there? Nope, I played one year with Kessel. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yep. Feel the thrill. Feel the thrill. Yeah. The hunchback like of Notre Dame, I call him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's that, Jimmy? I said, did he like the hot dogs back then or what? Oh, no, he was, uh, Phil's a great guy, <laughs> man. He's a great guy. He gets, uh, he gets a funny rap in the media, but he's yeah. one hell of a teammate and, yeah. and competes his ass off. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm worried yeah, about his just, back this posture. This is a hell of a player, too. I'm worried about his back posture as he gets older. When he's on that bench, he's always hunched over like that. And he's really hunched over, and it's really bad. I'm I'm like, and I'm not one to talk. I have bad posture, too. I'm yeah, hunched man. over a lot, too. The I last thing I expected to hear on this show was Ian worried about an NHL player's back posture. <laughs> like, because I'm, I'm I've heard it all. That. Uh, it's, Ian it's, is an empathetic man. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. I'm always very empathetic, especially when I've got back pain at 36, which is pissing me off. It's not yeah, wait, something wait till I'm you proud hit 37, of. Bud. <laughs> yeah, no, not, that's not fun. Not fun. All right, Andrew, uh, Bruins Islanders. Jeez, you guys are giving me so much to look forward to when I get older, like you guys. Jeez. Uh, look, you enjoy I, I, your twenties, my friend. You've got a <laughs> long way to go before you reach our marks. Look, I, I said a couple days ago on the show that a new segment I've been doing is the buy and sell, and the Bruins were on my sell this week, and some people were kind of surprised. Um, but I often say that for the majority of teams. A couple players in hockey being out isn't the biggest thing in the world. I've said it for New Jersey. Uh, when you miss Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, that's a factor to me. When the when the Bruins are already having a depth scoring problem, you take out Marshan and then you take out the captain, Patrice Bergeron. I think that's huge for them. Uh, it, it hurt them. And in that game against the Rangers, the Rangers hadn't played in a long time. The Bruins were desperate for a win. Um Saturday didn't go on the under because I, you know, after that, I kind of realized that was probably the spot play there. Um, but I believe it's a spark here. And this for me isn't even as much of a bet on spot for the Bruins as it is for what all three of you guys just said a fade towards this Islanders team. I believe this is incredibly disrespectful to the Boston Bruins that this is a minus 110 here. Um, I have jumped off the wagon of the New York Islanders that I have been on for the past year and a half uh, with them in the playoffs or. Um, finding them with them in regulation when they're big favorites. They aren't what that what I thought they were, and it's all about production, game in, game out, consistency. Um, getting your captain back is huge. We're not just getting a goal scorer back. We're getting a captain back, and I think they'll go out and win this game tonight. And to your guys' point, although it's only one goal scored, I thought it was a pretty good game uh, for the Bees against the Rangers. And uh, at, at a pick and price, I'll take the Bees. All right, there we go. Like in Boston as well. Andrew, we know you got to run. Uh, so we'll, uh, quickly, uh, the last remaining games, what do you got? Uh, well, as far as, uh, look, let me go down the list here. Do you want to just rattle them off to me and I don't have the, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seattle, Winnipeg, Seattle, Winnipeg. I'm going under the total there. Columbus, Chicago pass and Anaheim, Edmonton, Anaheim, Edmonton. It's, you know, I actually like the under in that game. Because, you know, I, I said this earlier today to somebody, I think there's kind of a goaltending issue right now in Anaheim, which I never thought I would say with Stolarz and Gibson. But I think they'll bounce back. And Edmonton has really fallen into being a better defensive team um, under the new head coach. And I think that if they can play games, and we talked about it with Jimmy when I'm, I'm always trying to ask him a little bit with the media stuff. And um, when Leon Drysaddle answered a question from a media member and said, do you guys think we want to play 
these high scoring games. And, you know, he looked at the reporters like, I don't want to do this. If they can, you know, win games off only scoring three goals, four goals, that's great stuff for them. And I think that they're playing a lot better defensively. So I do like the under in that game. Um, and the last game, Vancouver, San Jose. I have nothing in that game. And my best bet is the over six in St. Louis and Montreal tonight. There he is, Andrew McGinnis. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Good thanks luck tonight. Lot, guys. See you tomorrow. All right, take care. There he is, Andrew McGinnis. All right, we'll move on. Jimmy, Danny, and I got four games left. We'll try to speed this up. Seattle, Winnipeg. Uh, we've got uh, Winnipeg minus uh, 140, home favorite, six the total. I'm not betting a Jets game tonight. I'm not doing it. Uh, this team's too erratic at the moment to trust. I find they elevate their game against really good teams. They've beaten St. Louis, Minnesota twice now the last few weeks, yet we've also seen them, what, lose to Philadelphia, lose to Chicago, you know, and now it's a back-to-back. And I think Eric Comrie might start net tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets on the back-to-back as well. So keep an eye on that. It'll be Grubauer for uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle's been tough on the road, too. It's actually maybe not a bad thing they're going on the road, the Kraken, because I remember that last road trip, you know, they won in Anaheim. uh, And on the road trip, they beat the Islanders. They nearly beat Boston. They nearly beat the New York Rangers. And they beat Pittsburgh in overtime, the Seattle team. They actually seem to play more compact defensive game and a better team game on the road lately, Seattle. I think it's a dangerous spot for Winnipeg after a huge win against Minnesota last night. And they've had these, th- th- this consistent repeated pattern of failing to play good in two games in a row. So I'm not betting the game. I'm off it completely, but I'm not really rushing to lay a buck 40 with Winnipeg tonight in this spot. Danny, what do you think? Kraken jets? Yeah. You know, um, I saw that you liked uh, Minnesota over Winnipeg yesterday. I didn't get to see the game. Um, I stayed away from that game just because that was Winnipeg's first game, having fans in the building and, Man, does that make a difference? They've been playing with nobody in their building, and it's it sucks. Um, I'd stay away from this game, but if I had to, I like Winnipeg again at home, back to back with fans in the stands. We might be seeing the real Winnipeg with home fans. Yeah, exactly. And you're certainly getting a cheaper price than maybe you would think. This is Winnipeg at home. They're only minus one forty now against, and the money's come in on Seattle. By the way, this line opened at minus one eighty. For Winnipeg, it's down to minus 140. So there's a lot of Seattle money coming in. Obviously, the spot is part of it, but now you're getting a diff- definitely, if you like Winnipeg, you're getting a discount now. No question. Jimmy, what do you think? You know, look, I'm going to give in. I'm with you, Ian, though. I'm very cautious to do this. Uh, you know, I've been waiting for the Jets to just kind of get that groove going and turn it around because I like that team a lot. Uh, but, you know, their defense has just struggled so much. That's why I got two things on this. I am going to take the Jets. I think they continue this. I'm just going to make it a strict money line, even though there's not much value there. I don't trust them, though, uh, to get more than a one-goal win in this. But I love the over because, like I said, their defense is struggling, but their offense is starting to pick it up right now. So give me the Jets money line and the over. Shifley to score a point, Shifley to score a goal. That's, How do you not like that too, yeah. right now? I mean, unbelievable since the break. How about seven goals and 11 points in five games? Five games, and he's got seven goals and 11 points for the Winnipeg Jets uh, since the break. Mark Shifley has got it rolling right now. I can't, I, I might even jump on a goal scorer prop for him tonight as well as to score a point. He has got it. He's feeling it right now for the uh, Jets. Columbus, Chicago. We've got Chicago minus 130 home favorites, six the total. Two teams playing for exercise. As I like to say, two teams that are not going to be uh, going to the playoffs. I think we see goals here, too. I mean, Columbus has been an over machine. Good 
good good enough scoring. I mean, with uh, Patrick Lyonet has been good lately. Uh, Bjor- uh, Bjorkstrand's been solid. Boone Jenner, Gus Nyquist, the veteran forward, has chipped in some offense lately for the uh, Jackets as well. Uh, Tessier's capable. You know, they've got some offensive difference makers, and they can score a little bit, but they can't keep the puck out of their own net most nights. That continues to be the problem. Defense is porous. Penalty killing's not good. Merzlikens has kind of struggled in between the pipes, although some of that they've let him out, hang out to dry. Uh, I think Chicago Chicago's offense is difficult to trust, but I think they could find some goals here after playing some tougher teams, better defenses lately. And on the flip side for the Blackhawks, they've got uh, Arvid Soderblom, uh, starting in net tonight for the uh, Blackhawks, giving Flurry a rest, uh, and obviously uh, Lankinen not available. And uh, Soderblom hasn't played since January the second. He gave up four goals on 41 shots and a 5-1 loss to Calgary uh, in that game. Soderblom is one start in NHL duty, and it's not been great. So Columbus should score. Chicago, I think, can find the back of the net over for me. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Columbus, Chicago. Yeah, this game's a pass me, but if I was going to do it, it might be something I jump in live if I if I can do it while I'm at the Blues-Canadians uh, game here in Montreal. But uh, it's a pass for me, but if I was going to touch it, I would look at the over both in the first period and the total there. I mean, these two teams can definitely let up a lot of goals. Sometimes they can't really score them, but they always let them up. So we'll see. Yeah, you just hope they can find their way to goals tonight for sure. And Jimmy, by the way, Danny is one of the hardest working reporters going. He's been covering the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston <laughs> Bruins for the two websites he's part of because they're still looking for a writer for the Montreal team. So. Actually, Ian, I think I can't say the name, but I think we found one today. So I'm, I'm going to meet with him tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we nail it down. All right, good stuff because you need yeah. a break, my friend. Exactly. I do. I do. Uh, Danny, what I do you think? I don't mind being here, though. That's a great city. <laughs> oh, it is. Wonderful. Yeah. Columbus, Chicago, Danny, what are your thoughts? I mean, I stay away from this one too. I, I don't know how Chicago's favored kind of scares me. The fact they are favored. I hate Benny against Chicago at the same time when Flurry's in that, uh, you got Kane Flurry Taves. I just don't, even when Chicago's a big underdog, I stay away because you got hall of famers on the team. You never know what can happen. Um, if I had to do it, I would take the plus plus one fifteen on Columbus, but every time I bet against Chicago, I eat it. So I'm staying away. All right. Uh, sometimes the best decision is a pa- is to pass. No yep. question about that. All right. Anaheim, Edmonton, Edmonton minus two thirty home favorite six and a half. The total uh, in this game. So I've bet Edmonton uh, every game since the coaching change. And I don't, don't I don't do this. I'm not one of those people that need. And we're going to get Danny's thoughts on coaching changes, whether it's the spark and the lift that we all think it is. I don't think it is for every single team. Look at Philly. Has um, Mike Yo been a big lift for them? No. It hasn't been Marty St. Louis with Montreal. They still haven't won yet, you know, since Marty St. Louis has been there. So you got to treat every coaching change differently. You can't just paint it all with one, one brush with the same stroke, right? You can't just say they're all going to be all of a sudden these teams that make a coaching change, they're going to go on a run. I think it's case by case, but I felt Edmonton had a run in them with the coaching change. Dave Tippett fired and Jay Woodcroft taking over. Part of it was the schedule. They played a struggling Islanders team struggling San Jose team, and now they get Anaheim tonight. Winnable games for the Edmonton Oilers. A chance to really get on a little bit of a, a streak here. The Kings as well, who they beat the other night. You know, a chance for them to maybe go on a bit of a win streak with the new coach. But I got to admit, guys, I've been impressed. 3-0 they are under the new coach, beating the Islanders, Sharks, and Kings. And the team defense looks nothing like I've seen from the Oilers in the last few years. It's better. It's structured. They're standing up at the blue line. He used to get a free pass to get into the offensive zone against the Edmonton Oilers. They're standing up at the blue line. It's difficult to gain zone entry now. 
these last three games. They've made it more difficult to get speed through the neutral zone. Is a lot more difficult now against Edmonton in these three games. Their structure, the difference is night and day. The three games they've played under Woodcroft to before the coaching change. They're a ride team for me right now. I'm either betting Edmonton or I'm passing. Uh, I, I'm, I am on Edmonton in regulation here. Uh, in this game. Uh, now the price is not the greatest, but you got Anaheim on a back-to-back after losing in Calgary uh, last night uh, in that game. Uh, the Edmonton uh, in reg line is minus 140 uh, in regulation for Edmonton. That's the bet for me in this game. And I lean to that under because look, Jimmy, that was brutal the other night for you with the six and a half on the under yeah. with the Oilers and the Kings. You deserve that to be a win. That right. was two empty net goals in the final minute for Edmonton turned a three, two game into a five, two game. But, but, you know, what we can say, though, there, you know, we were all right, though. They are changing their philosophy, and they are applying it better on the ice. They're really committed to that defensive game. So, you know, if they're believing in that and they're focused on it, I'm not afraid to go under again with the Oilers in some games. Yeah, and I think this could be the night. So I would absolutely lean under, and you're getting six and a half here uh, yeah, as well with, with this you. total uh, in terms of the uh, under here in this game. By the way, the goaltending, uh, Mike Smith projected but not confirmed. Stolarz replaced Gibson, who got pulled against Calgary last night uh, in that uh, six to two loss. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if um, uh, Anaheim goes back to Gibson tonight or if they give Stolarz, because Stolarz was probably going to start tonight anyway, but he relieved Gibson last night. So we'll see where they go with their goaltending. But I like the Oilers in regulation, minus 140, and I lean uh, to the under. Uh, Danny, what do you think here? Yeah, you know, I think the Oilers. Um, that minus two thirty is scary. If you can do regulation like that, at the same time, if I can buy points and get that six and a half down to five and a half or six, I'm going. There's so much power here. Um, I think we're starting to see the real Anaheim Ducks team. Um, you know they were hot there for a little bit, but I think we're starting to see the real team here these last week or two. And this swing's getting tough for them. And now they got to go to Edmonton. Um, I, I get scared betting the under against the Ducks and the Oilers. Mm. Uh, so I'd try to do it the other way. We'll buy some points and bet the over. Um, but I think the safe play is Edmonton and regulation where it doesn't happen. You're not getting crushed. All right. So yeah. Lean in Edmonton and regulation, Danny, in this one, and maybe the over. And I'll say this, it was 6-5 in the only regular season meeting earlier this year between Edmonton and Anaheim. It was high scoring. But uh, we'll see if the newfound defensive uh, – enlightenment for the uh, Edmonton Oilers changes things. Great quote from Jay Woodcroft saying, we've asked everybody to up their work rate. We're asking this team to play a certain style, a demanding style. And so far we've got everybody buying in and the team is seeing results. So that's right. Work harder, work harder away from the puck too. And work harder. If you're a depth forward too many nights, Danny, and I don't know if you agree with this, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will have to do too much, have to carry the team offensively. And to a lesser extent, Hyman as well has had a good year. He has struggled for a bit, but he's starting to get it back. And there's not a lot of depth scoring that uh, sticks out or stands up for Edmonton in, in a lot of games. Uh, but they're starting to get a little more depth scoring. And like I say, their team defense has been so good in these three games since the coaching change. And just, Danny, your thoughts overall on coaching changes. Is it case by case? Do you think it's just every team reacts differently? Because I know there's some people that think every coaching change, you got to bet on the team right away that they're going to go on a run. But that doesn't always happen. No, I, you know, I think that it depends on the time of the year. If it's early on, I love it. If it's if you're already out of the playoffs, it, it it's tough, right? But a team like Edmonton where um, they make a coaching change – was what was tip it that bad? No, they had a lot of COVID. They had a lot of things happen. 
Um, but sometimes when the team is ready for a coach to leave, they're waiting for it to happen. And Edmonton might have been there. And when it happens, all of a sudden they shoot out like a rocket ship. Philly, you know, we all know what's going on in Philly. Montreal, they'll, they'll play hard for Martin St. Louis. I just don't know if they're skilled enough to get wins um, where Edmonton is. And that's what scares me that, you know, Edmonton could score seven goals tonight. That's what scares me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely it's, it's a situation by situation. You got to know what's going on in the locker room in the city when a coach gets switched. Exactly. It's case by case. Derek King in Chicago, initially a little pop, a little uptick, but it kind of simmered out, uh, simmered down after that. And it cooled off, you know, after the initial surge that Chicago got. And Andrew Brunette's a great one to bring up for Florida when Joel Quenville was, you know, basically he had to resign. It was just the way it was based on the situation and everything that was going on with the Kyle Beach thing. But uh, when Andrew Brunette took over, you know, that was a team with big aspirations, big hopes that was already playing well, Florida Panthers, and they kept going and kept playing well, uh, which goes to your point. Early in the season, team that's in the playoff chase, Stanley Cup chase, and there was that team that just kept on playing well with the coaching change, Florida. Uh, so that was another one as well. And the guy was on the staff too, so that certainly helped them out as well. All right, we've reached the final game now of this Thursday card. Uh, a big one, 10 games. This is the last one, Vancouver, San Jose. Uh, Vancouver minus 115 road favorites, five and a half the total in this game. So I went against San Jose a couple nights ago. Edmonton shut him out three nothing. I'm going to go back against them tonight with Vancouver uh, at minus 115. I think the Canucks are the better of these two teams. I know it hasn't looked consistent for the Canucks. And the biggest concern, Danny's brought up these great situations. Team that hasn't won four in a row in forever or a team that can't win three in a row, you know, very often like Buffalo, you know, for Vancouver lately, it's been after a win, they haven't been able to follow it up and win the next game. They've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss Vancouver the last few games. That's the concern here, but I think they're better than San Jose. I think the price is cheap. I expect Demko and Net. They've been off since Saturday when they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-2. And Bruce Boudreaux was saying, I'm not going to, you know, criticize our team for getting outshot 52-26. to We won the game, you know, and whether it was our goaltending Stole stealing the game, which he did. Demko, he said, we still got the two points. That's all that matters. That being said, I think he wants his team to play a little bit better tonight uh, in this game against San Jose, and I think they will, and they're probably going to have Demko in net because they've been off since Saturday. They don't play tomorrow, and Demko has been magnificent. Really, he's been great all year, but especially lately, he's been very good, and I can't say the same thing about the San Jose goaltending. James Reimer has really hit the shits uh, since the uh, Christmas break. Uh, he struggled. Aiden Hill, I think, is still uh, nursing an injury. So tough times for the Sharks. Uh, their offense has kind of dried up, too, in recent games. I think the price is reasonable here, and I'll back Vancouver uh, minus 115 in this game. And by the way, for props, JT Miller, Brock Besser, keep looking at players like that for Vancouver uh, because they are the guys that have really played well for Vancouver since Bruce Boudreaux uh, took over behind the bench. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Canucks, Sharks. What I think uh, is I like the Canucks in this as well. I, I like the way they're playing. I think they're, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think we're going to see some better hockey from them down the stretch here. Who knows what will happen with JT Miller on the trade market, but Thatcher Demko is in his zone these days. And uh, when they get a goalie like that playing, the team's going to feed off it. So give me the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver as well, minus 115 for Jimmy. Uh, Danny, what do you think here? Vancouver, San Jose. I like the over here. Uh, Boost Rudeau is coaching here in Minnesota. You know, coach uh, Washington, he likes to get his guys to score goals. One thing I will say about San Jose is uh, Edmonton, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida, last four games. They finally get a little bit to catch their breath at home. Uh, that's why I'm just going over. 
All right, we'll see. And the one thing that San Jose apparently did, I don't know if it was a full-on bag skate from Bugner, but they had a very hard practice after the loss to Edmonton uh, on Monday night, 3 nothing. He said, we practiced harder today than we played yesterday. That's what he said, Bugner, after the practice. So does that inspire a better effort? It might. It probably will. I don't know if it's good enough, though. I think the San Jose team's got issues. They've got a couple. They got LeBanc out as well, who's been a key underrated forward for them. Uh, Eric Carlson's still out. Aiden Hill's uh, out there. Uh, 1A, 1B goaltender, and like I said, Reimer's been fighting the puck lately, so I still think Vancouver gets it done. Uh, great stuff with Danny Ehrman as our special guest. You, you, you killed it. I said you would kill it, and you did kill it. You were great uh, on the uh, show today. Jimmy Murphy and Andrew McGinnis was with us earlier as well. Great show. Before we wrap it up with best bets to uh, wrap up the show, we do want to mention uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, our great uh, partners here at the Ice Guys and the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, reminder, there's a great NBA offer, too good to pass up. Uh, you can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Uh, if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL and NBA. Must be 21 years of age or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code code THPN. All right, best bets to wrap up this Thursday show. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Well, I actually never got to tell you what I liked in the Bruins game, did I? So yeah, I you liked, joined us for that game. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't I didn't get my pick. So my pick in that is actually a reverse puck line on the Boston Bruins, if you can still get it. I know it's a pretty even game. It might be leaning more towards the Bruins as a favorite now, but if you'd still get them as a dog, do the reverse puck line. All right, there it is for Jimmy. Yeah, it is the alternative puck line because the Islanders opened favorite there slightly. So it's definitely alternative puck line. That's plus 265 with the price on that. Boston Bruins minus one and a half, plus 265. Jimmy puck line coming to play. Uh, (laughs) Bruins puck line for Jimmy's best bet on this Thursday. Here you go, Danny. First time on the ice, guys. Your first chance for a best bet. Yeah, well, uh, um, first of all, thanks for having me. Milwaukee Bucks, nine in a row over. They're playing the 76ers today. Wow. I think they lost four games in a row against the 76ers have gone over. Minus 220, or it's uh, 223 is over. That's my basketball one. Um, I don't get to come on here a lot for my hockey one. I'm going blues minus two and a half. Let's let's get let's get crazy here. There we go. Let's go. You can't argue with that value. And as you've said, the majority of recent St. Louis Blues wins have been by three goals or more. So yeah. And there you go. Halves, so. Yeah. Minus two and a half at a uh, great price there. That's in the plus 160, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah. St. Louis Blues. Danny Puckline. Do you mind giving uh, us giving him that name, Jimmy? Danny Double Puckline. Yeah. There you go. Jimmy Puckline and Danny Puckline. So there you go. Danny I'm Double. My Puckline Puckheads right now. But as I always say, it's better to be a Puckhead than a Fuckhead. I always say that. It's always better. Uh, St. Louis, St. Louis minus two and a half uh, plus uh, 160 
on the price on that. So there you go. Uh, best bet for Danny Ehrman. We thank him for joining us. My best bet uh, is going to be, uh, I'm going to go Capitals Flyers over six. Uh, I think Washington probably gets most of these goals in terms of the total, but I think Philadelphia can chip in. Uh, Ilya Samsonov was a lot better against Nashville. Played one of his better games, but can he do it again here? Flyers have at least scored two goals in the majority of their games. Washington probably scores the rest, and that game goes over the total. So Washington, Philadelphia, over six for me for my best bet. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank Danny Ehrman, our special guest, for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Danny, any last words before we say goodbye? Thanks for having me, guys. It's a blast. Um, love watching hockey. Um, all I can say is thanks. Uh, go Blues, I guess. <laughs> All right, great stuff. And we'll try to bring you Here's back me. on the show later this season as well. For Danny Ehrman and Jimmy Murphy and Andrew McGinnis, who was with us earlier, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.